Welcome to episode five of the Busy Aviation Podcast. And today on the show, I'm really pleased to welcome Matt Coles from Farm Strip Flying. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Busy Aviation Podcast. Um, many thanks for joining us today. And uh, it's our first go, or my first go. I think it's probably both our first go at an interview type podcast. Yeah, good evening. Yes. So we'll have to see how this goes. And uh, to the usual listeners, please forgive us if we stumble or we don't get this quite right. So, Matt, we kind of met through, well, through the Busy Aviation website. I think uh, I think I approached you because I'd seen Farm Strip flying and uh, I wanted to get you onto the website because tailwheel flying is a passion of mine. Can you tell us a bit about Farm Strip flying, how it started, how you got to where you are with it? Sure, of course. Well, um, it, it started really, unfortunately, um, at the start of the pandemic, I um, I was furloughed from my my commercial job, and instead of going to find a, a sort of typical nine to five job, I wanted to keep flying. And just like you, tailwheel tailwheel flying is a, is a passion of mine. So I uh, I went along to the bank to borrow some money and, and bought an aeroplane to do some instruction in. Yeah, I think we had a quick chat before we started this, and quite an adventurous thing to do considering the state of aviation and what's happened. So. What what have you bought, uh, and and how are you using it? Um, so I'll I'll, um, I'll rewind a little bit. When, when I was looking for an aeroplane, um, I wanted something that I could operate from short farm strips, but that was a fairly basic aeroplane, reliable. Um, obviously, carry two people and a, a decent amount of fuel uh, for training. Uh, I looked at several types of aeroplanes. Some were far too expensive, um, and some just simply weren't available. I arrived at two two choices really: the the Citabria, um, which is a real favourite aeroplane of mine, fantastic machine, very capable, aerobatic of course, and the Piper Cub. Now, I've always kind of liked the Cub. I'm aware of its cult following, but I didn't really realise how um, ha- how serious that was and how many people just simply love flying cubs. Obviously, having flown it now for a while, I, I can totally understand the, the reasons behind that. But uh, yeah, on paper, I think if you were choosing between the two, it would have to be the, the Citabra every time. But um, for me now, I've just I've got this uh, got this cub and absolutely love it. Uh, that sounds right. I've never, I've never actually flown in a cub. Actually, there was there's one at the airfield, and I must try and I must try and get a go. When I did my tailwheel conversion, uh, there wasn't anything available in Scotland, so I ended up doing it on a Pitts S2. But that's another long story. <laughs> that's another <laughs> that long was, story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've got so you've got the uh, you've got the cub now. Um, I take it your background's in instructing anyway. Sure. So um, I actually stumbled into instructing. Um, in my commercial job, just as a bit of career progression, really discovered that I really enjoyed it um, loved the reward, rewarding aspect of it. And so um, then basically got into GA instructing um, after that. So kind of the wrong way around, really. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't say I've necessarily got a, a big background in instructing. I've just got a passion for seeing people enjoy flying and learning something at the same time. Yeah, that, that sounds really great. And, and and I know one of the things I was going to ask you about is we recently wrote an article about what to do next. And, and a lot of people get their PPLs, you know, and they fly in a Cessna or a PA-28. And, and it's great and, and it's exciting and the journey's a lot of fun. And then and then the arrival sometimes afterwards, after a few months of having flown friends around and things like that, it, it can sometimes get sure. a little bit boring for people and they tend to drop out. Are, do you see people come to to yourself you know for that for that next stage in their kind of ppl development 
So I get such a variety of people coming from from airline pilots who want to get back into into GA flying uh, to people who, like you say, have, have just kind of exhausted the flight school um, post PPL aircraft hire who just want to do something different. So uh, so yeah, real real mix of people really. Yeah. No, that, sounds, that sounds great. And obviously the tail wheel flying, from my experience, I'm a very low tail wheel houred pilot. So it's still quite an adventure for me. Every time I set off, I'm probably always thinking about the landing more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. What's the what's the top tips really that you would have for for an aspiring tail wheel pilot? I don't want you to explain the whole the whole tail wheel conversion or, or qualification, but Sure. No, well, I think I think the reason number one, I think the reason the the tail conversion exists is because they are challenging aeroplanes to fly. Um, and again, without going into too much detail, because of where the centre of, of gravity lies on the on the on the aircraft, uh, on the longitudinal axis of the aeroplane, they are inherently unstable. Um, so it is a challenge to sort of master the control of it, particularly on the ground and the takeoff and landing phase. So it offers someone who perhaps is perhaps is a little bit bored after um, doing them flying, uh, a new challenge really. Uh, and for those who, who aren't just after a challenge, who just want to improve their flying, actually taking it back to basics, the real sort of um, stick and rudder seat of your pants type flying um it, it it can actually really improve your skills when you go back into into like a, a school airplane you find yourself uh, well certainly people who i've who i've taught um with a tailwheel conversion find themselves actually looking at the balance ball using their feet during turns all, all simple things which you, you, you may not realize that you, you're not doing as a as a nosewall pilot but yeah it just offers people a, a, a bit of a different challenge really and of course in, in the cub that there's the added appeal of of it being a vintage airplane the the one that i operate has got uh, military history so it's got uh, it served in the world war so you know people like that sort of side of it as well yeah i, I fully agree with what you say there i i, I haven't flown uh, a, a tricycle undercarriage or a nosewell aircraft for for a couple of years since I've had my aircraft and certainly going back to do my biennial in a PA28 uh, it seemed quite easy having a couple of years under my belt of flying uh, while well, I fly at the RV3 as we, we discussed earlier and I think it really does improve your your skills uh, and something I, w- I would really encourage everyone at least to go and have a go at whether it would whether it would I would certainly say go and have a go with yourself at farm strip flying in a P in a in a, in a, in a Piper Cub uh, I certainly wouldn't say leap in and go into a, an S2A, which is what I did. That, that is really a baptism of fire. And I, and I could talk, I can talk a whole podcast about that. That's really great. And and the farm strip flying side of it, what, what, what does that entail, Matt? Um, so I kind of, uh, op- well, I operate from a farm strip, essentially. Um, and, and for me, one of the joys of this kind of flying is the freedom that it that it offers. Controlled airfield where, you know, taxi times can be long, you've got to wait ages for clearances, go through the whole ATIS procedure. Um, you can literally jump in the aeroplane and, and, and off you go. Of course, there are some increased risks associated with that kind of flying. Um, and so the farm strip element uh, to the training that I offer, and I do get people who are tailwheel proficient, who just want to come and, and, and do some flying into various farm strips it, it highlights the just some of the risk factors and some of the extra considerations that you need to make as a pilot before operating into these 
uh, more challenging environments. A lot of these strips are, are, um, are shorter than, than what one might be used to landing on. Lots of different surfaces, obstacles around, all, all sorts of things that just make it, again, a more challenging um, a more challenging type of flying. Yeah, and, and again, something that's, that's really very different to you know what a lot of people i suppose are used to that are flying out of airfields that even getting onto grass because you know a lot of a lot of us um have never really flown a lot from grass and uh, it's a whole not completely different but a lot more factors to think about and and sometimes a lot i think a lot more fun as well well oh, definitely yeah definitely it's, it, it it kind of takes you back to aviation's roots as well um you can think about the the guys who who kind of pioneered aviation who went before us you know they wouldn't have had kilometer long runways made of nice smooth concrete yeah and, and when when you think that everything was virtually tailwheel uh, and uh, you know you, yeah. you, you look back and you know you, you see you know the the spitfire guys the hurricane guys you know that that were you know what 10 hours in and they, and they were controlling and we make we make obviously quite a big deal now about flying a tailwheel but Although they were generally operating from airfields that that were, that were just big grass fields, and you took off into wind, but uh, it's quite amazing, really, when you think what they were in charge of and and how, you know, sometimes how how not tricky, but uh, how much attention these aircraft require. Yeah, I've no idea what a Spitfire is like to fly on. I don't know. It's normally what they're like on the ground, isn't it? <laughs> what they're like it to is, fly. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. You mentioned um, I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, I don't want to rub salt into the wound or anything. But you mentioned obviously you, you've come to farm strip flying uh, and the aircraft you've got and the school and everything you're doing because at the moment you're furloughed from a, a commercial job. Can you tell us a little bit about where you were just before this awful pandemic struck? Sure. So I um, I, I I grew up always wanting to fly. Um, fortunately, I had the support of a family member who was a, a, a general aviation pilot who sort of helped encourage me down the down the flying route. Um, so I didn't go to university straight straight from school. I went to a flying school um, to get my commercial license. I was very fortunate, got a job with a, a low-cost airline uh, that I worked for for eight years before moving on to my current employer flying um, the 747 long haul uh, around the world. Unfortunately, that's um, been put on hold shortly while I uh, while this, this pandemic takes effect. You know. Yeah, but it's quite interesting. And, and again, I say I don't want I don't want to. Yeah, it's not a great situation to be in for lots of people at the moment. Uh, and and you know we, we we've had a, we've been chatting before we we went to record about you know friends that are in a similar situation and it's and it's still not good although it does seem that there is a small recovery so the 747 uh, of course is is a, is an absolute classic and and you're probably one of a well I would say fairly exclusive club that's flown it what's your favorite thing about the 747 uh, I'd, I'd love to know because it's always one of those aircraft that's fascinated me uh, I, I i flew to japan when i think when i was i think when i was 17 and that was the only i think it's been the only time i've been on a 747 but i mean it was, it was in the days when you could get onto the flight deck with i think it was with british airways at the time uh, and it's an amazing aircraft so is there something really special about that aircraft I mean, it's it's obviously as you've mentioned it's a very iconic airplane the the, the shape of it is one that people who have no connection to aviation recognize as a jumbo jet um i think for me um it's one of those like like someone's favorite classic car 
you walk away from it and you can't help but turn around just to look at it. Now, I'm, I promise you, I'm not an, an, an aviation nerd. I, I, I do love aeroplanes, but um, I think I think it's okay. I think we both probably both are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, it's just one of those things. And, and you would find yourself regularly after a uh, you know a, a, a ten or twelve hour flight through the night home, absolutely shattered just walking away from the aeroplane at the end of it and turning around and sometimes even just taking a photo of it just because it was such a beautiful machine. Yeah, it is as well, isn't it? And it's one of those ones when I, when you stand at the bottom of something like that and you can't really put yourself until you actually see it at the bottom of the steps. I know the A380 and stuff like that, you know, it's probably a lot bigger, but, but still the jumbo when you, when you stand there, you think, how does this fly? And, and, and I imagine for someone like you, you know, where you've actually been at the controls of it, I know when you're sat on a flight deck, it, it, it's, it could be any size of aircraft generally behind you, but it's it's still something, a bit of an awe, in awe, really, that that, that this aircraft flew. And, and of course, it, it's it's quite an old, well, and it's, you know, it's quite an old aircraft, so the technology is amazing, really. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic aeroplane to fly. It really was brilliant. So... You mentioned that you know you helped you got helped into GA by a family friend and and that's really been your passion. But if you were given a chance, or well, probably not the right time to ask this question. But if you could do anything else, what would you like to do? Or is there is there anything else that you'd like to do? Yeah, so it's quite an easy question for me actually because. Um... I, alongside, um, again, this is, goes back to the, the farm strip flying element. I actually um, run a small farm. Um, so, so, so very different, very contrasting um, uh, careers, if you like. Um, and I wouldn't want to have one without the other. Um, you know, going from the sort of mental um, workout that is flying uh, an airliner to, to 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 being outside in the in 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 all the wind conditions, rain conditions. You know, uh, it's just something so different about it that that I like. Um, so so if I was to do anything else, I'd, I I would be a, a farmer, uh, and that's not um, because the the wage would be <laughs> anywhere near as good. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's it's just one of those things that that I would just love to do. That that is really interesting, actually, uh, and, and of course, the combination of having a strip and a farm, a farm strip, is just is just uh, absolutely spot on. That's really that's really interesting, Matt. And and, and we spoke uh, we spoke about the career path. If you had one of the things we've been looking at at Busy Aviation as well is just just helping people into aviation, and particularly. Um, trying to get younger people into aviation because um, we only have to look around the average club or GA club these days uh, that that it's it's really uh, you know an, an aging population uh, that are flying aircraft one because they're, they're very expensive. What advice would you give to somebody you know say a youngster who who wants to maybe take the commercial route or maybe just wants to fly for fun? Is there one small piece of advice you might have for them? I think you've mentioned probably the biggest restriction to um, to aviation, whether that's commercial or, or GA stuff, is uh, is the cost. Um, and I think if you really, really want to do something, um, you know, be prepared to go and sweep the hangar floors, keep knocking on people's doors, go to go to flying clubs, see if you can wash aeroplanes in exchange for a bit of flying. You know, if you really want to do it, you'll you'll figure a way and you know, make friends with people. You, you, you know, you mentioned that. That uh, the the 
population, if you like, of, of most flying clubs is quite old. But they, you know, I know older people in flying clubs who'd love the opportunity just to sit next to someone, even if it means you can't log um, log the time yourself. Just just go and have the experience, go and enjoy it, and you might learn something. Which you know, if you then go on to be a commercial pilot, you could you you, you could learn something. Um, from from sitting next to someone who's who's been there and done that a few times or made the mistakes um so yeah yeah i think i think you're right and i, I think um you know looking at certainly the club that i'm a member of we very rarely see people that will just come and knock on the door and and i certainly know that when i was starting out in flying when i was in my teens uh, i would do anything to get flying uh, uh, and that that meant yeah. as you said i mean we always say sweep the hangar floor and stuff like that but there genuinely is uh, a desire um, to to help youngsters into the into the sport, into the hobby, uh, and into the into the profession. I can imagine that you know, for particularly young people, um, it's quite a daunting experience walking in somewhere like a flying club where things are very established. People have got their own little groups or whatever. But like we've said, people people are often friendly and, and willing to help out. So just just try it, and and if you're you know, if you're applying for jobs, having got some flying, then then just keep being persistent. Go to make make friends and and create relationships with people because you never know what how that relationship might might benefit you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there are opportunities out there, and there's actually a lot of more opportunities than than I think people think there are, particularly in terms of sponsorships and courses and scholarships. Um, you've only got to do a search of, of, of Google and you can find quite a few from the Honourable Company of Air Pilots of which, you know, I'm a member and, you know, the Air League. That's it. I've just, uh, in fact, I've just had a, I just did a, a terrible conversion for a, for a, a young lady who who won the Air League scholarship, um, came down from Scotland actually to, to fly the Cubs. So so there are there are things out there. Yeah, absolutely. You've just got to go out. You You, you have definitely got to go out and find them. But uh, they are there. And in some respects, I think from my experience, there's probably more available now than when, than, you know, when I was starting out. Um, it, was, it was really a case of, as you said, having to knock on doors. But there are lots of opportunities. That's really great. No, thanks for that. It's re- really good advice. If there is a, and this, is, this isn't farm strip flying, or maybe it is farm strip flying, if there was a, a common myth about your job what what would you think it is that everyone thinks something about pilots what 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 do you think that myth is i think i think for people who are uh, who are not in aviation this myth that that the autopilot button is a, is a turn it on and go to sleep thing and um, it's the autopilot although, although when i did go on the 747 flight deck they were all reading the newspaper so i do have to say <laughs> yeah, stop that you can't <laughs> no that's just a just a very sort of um common myth that i find with people who who uh you know ask about airline flying is is can you just turn the autopilot on and go to sleep not legally no <laughs> yeah I, I, and again autopilot flying again even into ga now is is, is you know it, it's it's taken over a little bit uh, you know people i fly with uh, my aircraft doesn't have anything like that the autopilots uh the stick between my knees probably like it is in the in the yeah even modern ga aircraft particularly home built are all being fitted with autopilots and uh, some people will say it takes some of the fun out of it i, I think if you if you fly for a living sometimes you, you really don't want to go and fly something that's that's going to just fly on the autopilot 
Well, this is it, and and, and you know, there's there's definitely something to be said for for the amount of technology that's going into into modern aviation. Um, even the flight schools nowadays are teaching GPS um, as a, as a sort of a, a staple for the for the flight training syllabus. Um, and another reason why I set up this farm strip flying was because I was finding in my I do some um, PPL instruction some general GA instruction as well, um, and also in the airline world as well. There's, and there's an increasing reliance upon um, automation and technology and, and, and the sort of stick and rudder skills, the basic skills that may well get, get you out of trouble one day, uh, are, are kind of uh, dwindling a little bit. I don't allow any GPS or uh, or instrument flying in the, in the car. It's all it's all uh, I suppose in the cub though you're not you're not traveling at huge speeds so the the area that you're going to cover is a little bit more limited than something like something like I know I know you fly an RV as well as I do uh, and you you know you're probably doing twice the speed at least in an RV and you can get yourself lost a lot quicker than you can in a cub I would imagine yeah no, that that's really uh, that, that that's really great, and uh, again, yeah, it, it all harks back to the farm strip flying the cub. It's it's a just a different way of flying, and yeah, I I got have a friend who flies a cub, and he he has an RV as well, and he just loves just poodling around and uses it. His aircraft was uh, another Second World War veteran uh, that was used for photography, and that's what he still uses it for. He just yeah. loves going up with the window open and, and taking photographs. I know that you were. Um talking about um sort of like what route do people take after they've got their ppl you know what's next sort of thing um and there's definitely something to be said for um going on to do instrument ratings things that uh, you know that may well benefit you if you want to go into a commercial um down the commercial route um but for me um number one the skill element as we've spoken about with tailwheel flying but also on a summer's evening with the door open, flying at five hundred feet around the British countryside, you just can't beat it. No, no, it's gorgeous, and 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 of course you live in a, a, a kind of iconic part of the country as well, where you know I suppose we all hark back to the days when there were, were grass airfields everywhere, uh, and you can just imagine all these cubs and stuff and osters and stuff just floating around, pup 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 sure. around, as opposed to racing around like, like sometimes we do in in RVs etc. Well, it gives you a, a, an appreciation for, uh, like you say, the, the the wonderful country that we that we live in. Absolutely. So, so for farm strip flying, do you do you have any other plans for it? I know you know you you, you may be uh, you know in this this kind of crossroads with with the commercial world as well. But do you have any other plans? So ultimately, I, I will go back to work as a. Um, uh, as an airline pilot, we'll keep running this alongside it, and who knows, it may, may well even overtake it one day. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to get too big too quickly. Um, I just enjoy imparting uh, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of fun, and some skill onto onto the people that come to fly it. Uh, the most important thing for me is that people, you know, they they have fun and they enjoy the aeroplane, they enjoy the flying, because flying is, as we've mentioned, increasingly expensive. Um, so to spend, you know, hundreds of pounds doing something that you don't enjoy 
in my mind is just totally pointless. So I want people to have fun and enjoy it. Um, so I will keep, and because I enjoy it as well, I just like, I think we, as we were speaking about before, I just, I get such a buzz out of seeing people enjoy flying and maybe learning a little bit at the same time. Um, so I will keep doing it. Um, maybe one, maybe one day there might be more airplanes purchased, and it might it might turn into something bigger. But one of the, you know, as I've mentioned, one of the basics. It's a real romantic vintage style of, of aviation, uh, and I don't want it to become a, a, a huge, great big commercial flight school. There's there's something to be said for t-shirt and shorts and open door, like I said, just back to basics. Yeah. I think you're conjuring up a really nice image there. I think I think I need to come down. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I need to be taught how to fly a tailwheel properly. <laughs> That's really great, Matt. It's been really great having having you on, and uh, thank you very much for being really my first guinea pig at one of these uh, interview podcasts. Uh, I think it's I think there's been some really uh, interesting stuff that's come out. Um, if you want to farm, find farm strip flying the website. Sure. So we're at www.farmstripflying.co.uk. We're on social media on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, feel free to search for us there at uh, Farm Strip Flying and uh, you'll be able to see some of the photos of of what we get up to. You can find uh, Matt's uh, site on Busy Aviation as well. And I must say, I I followed Matt on Instagram as well. And there are some lovely photographs that come up and just conjuring up those images that we've just talked about which is which I, I really enjoy looking at one last question for you matt we're going to start this uh, apparently every podcast interview has a, a standard question at the end that people always throw and, and we're going to hopefully i'm going to ask this to everyone i don't know if it's an easy one or a difficult one to be honest i mean these are strange times for everybody where do you think or what do you think the world will look like in in five years time and you can answer that in terms of aviation or just anything um it's a re- it's a really difficult question because I mean who'd have predicted COVID really? I-, I would really like to think that certainly aviation is is back um, operating somewhere near the the scale that it was operating on before the pandemic. They would say that the aviation industry is quite cyclical, so I hope that that uh, we're certainly on on an upturn in the next five years or so. There tends to be um, a sort of trend towards the degradation of terms and conditions for commercial pilots. So I'd like to see professional pilots being rewarded and appreciated um, to the extent that they deserve for the hard work that they've put in to achieve that. As far as the world is is concerned, uh, I, I couldn't possibly say. As long as Gloucester Rugby are, are on top, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I think I think that's a brilliant way to end, Matt. And, and, and thank you so much for being on. Thank you for being our guest. Uh, I've I've really really enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe maybe next year, and we'll we'll catch up with you again, and and see if any of your predictions or or, or other things have come true. And hopefully, you might be back in the in the, the left or right hand seat of, of something a bit bigger. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Cheers. So a big thank you to Matt from Farmstrip Flying. As Matt says, you can find his website at www.farmstripflying.co.uk, or you can just search for the link at www.busyaviation.co.uk. Take a look at the show notes where you'll find some more details of the topics we've talked about. And if you like the show, please, please, please do add a like or a review on your favourite podcasting software. And to find out more about Busy Aviation, it would be really great if you could sign up for our newsletter. You'll find a link on the website. If you want to list your aviation business and maybe appear on this podcast, just let us know. Safe flying until next time.